Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Spencer, it's Tuesday. And it is. It already feels like it has been a week, my man. How are you doing over there? Kind of uh, um, emotionally, mentally, just beat down. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long, weird three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, been bizarre. Just all bad, really. It's just it's nothing. Well, I mean, I say that Samantha had an OB appointment this morning. We got to see the baby. Everything's healthy, well. Uh, and she graduated. She but graduated you, on Friday. Yeah, we went to, to that. Yeah. She walked. She was the only. <laughs> she was the only person that decorated her mortarboard. I was like, I wonder if that's like a, a master's thing, like versus undergrad, or if it was like LCU specific. Because like nobody else had it. And I was like, well, at least you're not some lamo like the rest of your graduate class. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, she graduated. She walked. She's uh, has a master's mental, uh, master's of science. Clinical mental health counseling. So she's got a couple more, uh, I wouldn't say hurdles, but milestones ahead of her. She's got to take a, a licensing exam and then has to complete so many different hours over a certain amount of time to, to then essentially get her full time license um, and position. Anyways, She's got some some job opportunities lined up if that's what she wants to do. We've also, you know, expecting a baby here in about two months, so she may not yeah. just work at all. Well, I totally interrupted you when you were talking about that part of the good news. Sorry. No, everything's good. She also had good. her uh, her glucose test today. She's not diabetic. So excellent. All good excellent. things. See, we do have some good news. Um, I am now the owner of a collectible Tim Duncan bobblehead. Yeah. Because my wife got to go visit some friends who had flown in, who were doing a really cool trip. I was pretty envious of it. They flew in from D.C. to San Antonio. They went to the Spurs game on Monday night. So my wife got to go to that game against the Cavs. The Spurs jumped off to a big lead in the second quarter. And then the Cavs closed it. And the Spurs ended up barely winning by one. So the fact that the Spurs won at all this year is a win. Well, that's dumb to say it that way, but they were giving away Tim Duncan bobbleheads to the first 10,000 in attendance last night. And my wife did say that there were several people who showed their tickets, got their bobbleheads and then walked back to the car. Oh no. (laughs) So that's the kind of season it's, that's how it's going in San Antonio this season. So anyway, the, the friends that she went to visit, 
husband and wife from DC. They flew to San Antonio, spending some time there. I, I, I can't keep up with it, honestly. The, the, then they're driving to Houston this week. They're going to see the Rockets play. Wow. And then they're driving to Austin just to, to stay a night in Austin. And then they're going to, you know, end up back in San Antonio to fly back home. So cool little, nice little, uh, trip. They didn't get to see that. They won't get to see the Mavericks play, but maybe next time, maybe next time they do a Texas NBA trip. So hats off to them and, and thankful to my lovely wife for my Tim Duncan bobblehead. I have a Manu Ginobili bobblehead from the only Spurs game I went to. They gave away a Manu bobblehead, no bald spot, but it's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so this is, we're recording Tuesday night, 9.30, the 13th. Lots of things have happened. The Texas Tech men's basketball team just went final against Eastern Washington, but obviously a few other more newsworthy, noteworthy items have happened. Uh, namely, the the passing of, of former Texas Tech football head coach Mike Leach uh, after suffering that cardiac event on Sunday and then uh, his care in the hospital there. Um, so we just want to start there. We're just, we're just going to just jump right in Michael. Cause that's, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I, we were talking about this before he recorded. I don't think there's another school out there that he coached at outside of maybe Mississippi state because he, he was the, the current coach there. So I, Really what I'm saying is I don't I don't think Eastern Washington did it. Not Eastern Washington, Washington State. Um and maybe not not even Mississippi State have devoted so much time and attention and effort into his life and legacy as we've seen from Texas Tech the past couple of days. Um there's there's truly no way to measure his impact on on Texas Tech or or the sport itself um but there there's like the the ripples from from his time here in lubbock uh will be felt for i don't know many many years um you know from from him helping the team to become nationally relevant uh, regionally relevant um you know i i was telling michael's like I, I don't I don't know if I could say like I came to Texas Tech because of Mike Leach, but I think uh, when I when I look back, you know, I'm a junior senior in high school. I know I want to be a music major in, in college, so like that automatically ro- rolls out A and M because at that point they didn't have a string program, uh, so I was like, okay, so it's it's Texas or a handful of other schools. I didn't get into Texas. Uh, I half heartedly tried. I didn't I didn't really even try. But it was like, all right, I've got North Texas, which I, I really enjoyed. Sam Houston State would have been kind of like my oddball, like, let's just do it for fun. And then Texas Tech, I was re- recruited out here by the the violin professor. I liked all of the music major opportunities that all three of those schools offered. So I was kind of weighing my options, like, what, what does the rest of school offer? And I kind of like, well, I think Texas Tech would have the best sports. <laughs> so like, you know tangentially like yeah like his his elevation of the football program played a role in me choosing texas tech um but you can see it in in basically any school that has a a major successful team on campus 
applications to that school the following season or the following year go up. Like we saw it following 2007, the, the following the, the seasons of 2007, and especially after 2008, like applications to Texas Tech were just skyrocketing. And you can at least partially point to the success on the football field that we you saw from, from Mike Leach. So um, all that to say, like his, his impact uh, just probably can't measure it. Uh, I never had the chance to, to meet him personally. Uh, I know there are so many stories out there, uh, personal experiences of, of people meeting him, um, or just f- funny anecdotes they've had for just, uh, you know, all the, the things that he's done over the years. Um, you know, I, I, the closest I got was I met his, so his daughter and his son-in-law, I went to church with them while they were still in town. They were med students at tech med school students, uh, at Texas tech. Uh, then they graduated and they moved. Uh, I think they, they ended up in Atlanta for their residency. I think they're, they're all there now. Um, so like I knew Janine, his, his daughter, or I guess one of his daughters and Mike, um, anyways, all, all, I guess all, all that to say, I didn't have the, uh, the personal experience that so many of our, our, our fellow Red Raider fans, uh, have had, but, um, you know, you, you truly feel for the, like this, the loss for, for his family, uh, his friends, those that were privileged to know him, um, for M- Mississippi state and, you know, his coaching staff there, his players there, the, the administration, just the contacts and, and people that, you know, came to, to really, you know, know and love him. Um, you know, it's, it's, it sucks, right? Like this man, yeah. 60 years old died. Um, it's, it's just stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very, everyone, most everyone probably knows the details by this point. I'm still processing it. Honestly, it's, it's been, I saw the news hit yesterday. I, I still, I kind of had that thing in my head. Well, yes, there are a lot of people tweeting or saying that he is in really rough shape and, um, you know, that he may not make it through the night, but I, I tend to not trust that too much because none of it seemed as official as it should have. And so I kept thinking, no, he's, he's going to pull through this. This is bad. No, no joke that this is bad. What he's dealing with right now is not a trivial thing, but he's, he's going to make it out. I I think people are just trying to gravitate on the bad news and, and and try to get things circulating. Um, Obviously was very wrong on that and really, you know, um, surprisingly sad, not surprisingly, but more surprising than I thought I would be, you know, knowing it was sort of quote unquote coming, it still really hit me this morning to actually see the news, um, that he had passed and just to think about his family and to think about anybody who's been in that position. Uh, we, we've recently been in a, a position similar to where the, the care had to be, you know, taken away from the patients so that they could, um, kind of pass on their own. There was really nothing else to, to be done. We've been in that situation recently. It's, yeah, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I knew you had to. Um, so for the family and for everyone involved, it's, it's tough for a mini myriad of reasons. Um, 
at least in our case, it had been coming slowly for a while. So I can't imagine it all being said and done in 36 hours. So uh, really feeling for his family, such a tremendous unexpected loss. And for his team, like you said, you know, they've, they're still going to play the bowl game. Uh, you know, whether that's the right thing to do or not, that's not for me to decide, but I can comment on it. And I think it's, it's a good thing to do. I mean, I think that's what Leach would want. And he's, he's quoted on a, they had a, they've been showing this quote a lot where he was with a reporter during his time up in Pullman. And they said something about, you know, well, what do you want the, the guy right in the obit to say about you? And Leach is like, that's his problem. I don't care. I'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that was his attitude. So I think he, I think he would be, uh, in favor of his guys continuing to play football, you know, he'll just, he would just carry, carry on with it. I, I don't have like you, I, I never got to meet him. I, I don't have any great anecdotes or anything, anecdotes, sorry, or anything, um, you know, really insightful here. Cause like I said, I'm still just kind of rolling through it myself. And I did keep up with, with his career once he left tech, but obviously, you know, not quite as much in the last eight years or so. Um, so I, I, haven't kept up with that as much as I, I wish. And my college years were a long time ago, so it's hard to come up with instant um, big memories. But, you know, a lot of great wins at the Jones, a lot of games we should have won or shouldn't have won, but he kept us in because that offense was exciting. He, he gave Texas Tech a swagger that um, they've been trying to get back since then. You know, an identity that they never really had until he came along. He proved a lot of people wrong with that offense. There were um, so many folks who weren't on board with what he was trying to do in the early 2000s. And then not only did they come on board, they outright copied him. His coaching tree is yeah, the limbs are limitless. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier his impact on the game could possibly be seen for generations. I mean, we really don't know uh, what, what he was able to, to do. So, um, you know, I, I do encourage you guys if, if you want to really read someone who is much better at words than me, a uh, friend of the show and contributor for stake in the plains, Travis Hale had a really good blog post today on stakeintheplains.com. Go check that out. He had uh, some good things to say that he just kind of, it was kind of a stream of consciousness this morning. Once he heard the news, he just started typing and, and came up with a lot better things to say than, than I could. So, yeah, uh, really lasting impact here at Tech in football in general. And yeah, just still just still reeling through it, man. So Yeah, so you mentioned uh, his coaching tree. Like We're talking about guys like, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury, um, Lincoln Riley, uh, Ruffin McNeil until, you know, very recently when he, he retired. Um, Art Riles, wherever you want to – you know, however you want to view him, but he he coached for Texas Tech and under Mike Leach, uh, Seth Luttrell, Dana Holgerson, Sonny Cumbie. Like, these are all guys that directly tie back in. And obviously, you know, there's news today that Eric Morris, a receiver that played for him, was named uh, the North Texas head coach. You know, he, he, yeah. was, he was at Incarnate Word as a head coach after leaving offensive coordinator under Kingsbury, and then he was uh, – 
uh, I think was he a wide receivers coach, or offensive coordinator for, for Washington State. Um, I think I think he was wide receivers coach there. Yeah, he was on the staff. Or he at up least there. started there. I think that's what Leach hired him as. He may have he may have moved up some. I'm not quite sure though. Yeah, so he, 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 Eric Morse has gone back and forth a little bit. Uh, Joel Falani is, is on staff up there, but Eric Morse now the the North Texas head coach. So like you just have guys all over the league, um, all over college f- football, I should say. Uh, yeah. And then and then obviously Kingsbury in the NFL. And Seth Luttrell, Sonny yeah. Dykes. Yeah, Sonny Dykes. Uh, I forgot. I didn't Graham say. Harrell, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator up in Morgantown. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a hard. It's it's a tough list. Where do you stop? You know, um, so just he he was he really did have an eye for finding coaching talent. That's for sure. Or even um, Stephen Hamby. You know, he's on staff now. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, there was that. Um, the Eric Morris news was was this afternoon or uh, today at some point, and then. I guess we'll just like we probably have to at this point, Michael. But Monday, the the news coming out of Austin was that uh, Chris Beard had been arrested for the thing he was arrested for. <laughs> you all know what it is, and it's um, still under investigation. But um, you know, I I I think we've seen a lot of people. Uh, or I'm sorry. Well, okay. I, we've seen a lot of people come out and condemn those actions if that is, in fact, what, what had happened uh, for, from the affidavit or just the, the initial reports coming out. Um, there were small handful of people that took some level of pleasure or yeah. joy or yeah. <laughs> enjoyment uh, to, to see him in this in this moment. Um Obviously, we, we we can't we can't forget that you know that there was a victim involved. Like there there's there's her you know well being, physical, mental, all that to be concerned with, and just the you know the, the rest of his family or just even the the, the Texas basketball program as, as, a, as a whole. Um, you know it, it you don't like to see a coach leave your program and go be successful elsewhere. So like there, there were times obviously last year when, when Beard and his team came to Lubbock or when, when you played them in, in Austin, like it was very heated. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is not how you want to see that go down. Like you, you don't want to see, you know, this man's life career, whatever, whatever the, the ultimate consequences are just flame out in this way. That's it's, it's not how you want to see it done. Like I, I, I don't know why I think about it, but it was that line in the matrix when what's his name is going around unplugging everybody. And, uh, that one girl's like, no, not this way, not this way. Like, it's like, no, it's, it's, it's not how you want this to happen. Right. Um, so you just hope for, uh, some conclusion. I, I would say that, that there's, uh, there's, there's some healing, you know, that will come eventually, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. Cause it, it like I said, it, it's still, you know, it's so, so very fresh. Uh, it, it, it's being investigated. Like, no, I mean, t- Texas has suspended him without pay 
So I'm like, and that, that may be the extent of, of what happens. He, he may be terminated. He may never coach again. I, this is 18, no, uh, 36 hours after mm-hmm. that news broke. So, I mean, it's, it, it's still so fresh, but like, like I'm, I'm not going to be the, the moral high ground here and like, and like shame people for their takes, but like, you just, you just <laughs> please, please help, uh, not, not to provide any ammunition against Texas tech or the fans by how we talk about beard in this situation. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty clear. The standpoint that everyone should take is that this is not something that reflects poorly on Texas tech. It's not something that reflects poorly on university of Texas. It, if these allegations are true, which I don't see why they aren't, it's something that reflects poorly on Chris Beard. Um, yep. And it's it's not something that should be used to dunk on somebody or to... I, I don't see how it should relate to anything regarding his profession. Um, for the sake of the family, I hate that it had to become this public, but he is a very public figure and that's how these things work. But yeah, uh Obviously, if you've read the affidavit, you know what he's accused of. Those are very serious actions, actions with very serious and deserved consequences. And, you know, his fiance is going through a lot of things, like you mentioned, on top of trying to recover physically, recovering mentally from, you know, that sort of episode. So, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say. And I'm, you know, like, how much should we say being tech fans? He coached here and he was really good at it while he was here. Mm-hmm. And then he was really good at Texas. Yes, he was And Texas. Were, still, still maybe, I mean, they are a good team and they won a tough game last night under tough circumstances. Yep. Yes. Rice is not, you know, the number one t- team in the country or whatever, but they took them to overtime and won a really tough game. So Texas could still, even with Beard not at the helm, um, I'm not going to say they're going to not miss a step, but I don't think they're going to drop off a precipice. I think they're poised to be a good team. And of course he had a huge hand in that, but um, yeah, I, I just don't know how much we can comment on what happened this week. And feel like we have, you know, any say over it. Um, but yeah, it, it, I'm with you, man. It, not to try to be the police, but tech fans, just be, be wise, be, be wise with your words, be wise with what you tweet. Um, know that anyone can see it most of the time, including possible victims, possible family of victims, um, maybe even, uh, victims of, you know, not, not necessarily of anything he did, but just victims of domestic violence or domestic mm-hmm. assault in general. Yeah. And they can interpolate a lot of things on, on how you might think about their experience. Um, so just be careful. Be, be Choose your wi- words wisely. We're trying to, and hopefully we are. But yeah, obviously his, his actions are terrible, and but they don't reflect poorly on 
the University of Texas or their fans or anything like that. It's it's just all on him. Yeah. I was going to uh, just add, add to that point, but no, I mean, there's, there's, there's no reason to. Um, let's, uh, let's transition if we can to, okay. to talk about some, some football news. We're going to talk about so some roster updates, uh, and then we'll spend the rest of the episode. We've got a couple of games to break down one from tonight. Um, and then one from last week, but we'll just, we'll just dive right into this. We're going to just update. So some, uh, transfer portal news, Texas tech related transfer portal news, uh, defensive back safety, Reggie Pearson entered the transfer portal. Um, I don't know. I did not enjoy that announcement. Um, right. <laughs> I thought, you know, if, if he had, if he was going to be playing again next year, like he had a great shot. I uh, obviously he, he played a big, big role on this team and this defense the past couple of years. Um, but, uh, I don't want to read too much into it, but what his dad tweeted out would indicate there was something going on, uh, behind the scenes. So, I mean, down the hall, obviously Pearson was, was a, a, a top contributor to this defense and he figured to, to maintain that starting position or that kind of role. Um, on the flip side, you did get a, a, an announcement today from CJ Baskerville. I, I think that's his name. He's got a name in parentheses in his Twitter handle, but CJ Baskerville is a uh, a defensive back slash safety that came uh, originally from North Richland Hills, Texas, but had played out at San Diego State for a couple of years. He's 6'2", 210, uh, was a sophomore this year. So uh, in believe he should have three years of eligibility left to two seasons to play or three years to play two seasons, depending on how that's going to work out. I I've stopped trying to yeah. track all that. I think we we're we're <laughs> maybe about three or four years away from, we can track it again. Well, and, and I, Once I believe the COVID year disappears. <laughs> I believe he, so he came in after the COVID year. So I don't know if, if, if his eligibility would be affected, but uh, last year he played in seven games. He had 20 total tackles. Uh, he had a, he has a tweet out of, of all of his season stats. Um, but great size, you know, he's was was originally a three-star recruit, uh, had offers to like, uh, Kansas, North Texas, Duke among another couple of other schools. Um, you know, I, I know that we'd heard from Joey McGuire saying if there are, are Texas guys out there in the transfer portal that want to come home, we'll definitely see if we can find a home for him. And this is one of those guys. Uh, playing in, in San Diego, originally from the Metroplex. He's coming back to Texas. Um, again, that that's a great size for defensive back with some experience. Yeah. Um, so I like that addition. We did hear uh, at least two more Red Raiders officially say they're coming back for the 2023 season in Malik Dunlap uh, and Xavier White. The Dunlap news, um, I mean, man, you've got four or five key contributors from our defense starters from the defense this year coming back, which is huge. Uh, Xavier white, you know, love it guy, but he's always been um, just so impressive with what he's able to do, um, you know, from the different positions. And then I haven't seen an official announcement, but from everything that we're hearing and what he's said, and he did an interview on, on another podcast, uh, 
it would appear that Tyler Shuck is expected to, to be back for next season. Uh, like I said, there hasn't been like an official word yet, but uh, would appear to be down to he and Baron Morton competing for their starting role um, in the spring. I guess it's also possible that he could um, just do super well in the bowl game and be like, all right, I got enough tape or I got what I needed and I'm out. Uh, but at this point, it it looks like Shuck will be coming back. Um, there's still another couple of guys that you're waiting on. Uh, I don't, again, I'm not even sure what the eligibility left for these guys would be, but like Fry, Eldridge, and Rashad Williams, um, you know, key contributors. Like those three are, you know, the rest of your defense essentially. Um, so just a couple of quick roster updates that this will continue to churn. We haven't heard landing spots for like Donovan Smith yet or uh, Tavares Elston, but those are Red Raiders that are in the portal now looking for a landing spot for the next season. You got anything to, to, to add to that? Have you heard anything else separate of no, those? No, I mean, the, I still have my working theory, which I'm sure is not my only one, that I, I, I sort of wonder if, I mean, do you think if, if Shuck plays lights out in this bowl game that that would change his decision or I don't know how the timing of that works. Would he have to, he could still declare for the draft after the bowl game. I'm, I'm just not sure, uh, but having, having him come back at this point, especially with Smith leaving, I would welcome it because otherwise you've got the true freshman backing up the red shirt sophomore. So it would just kind of, it'd be a little tough. Uh, it'd be a very thin quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I hope he comes back at this point with, with Smith. Um, you know, I may be kind of walking that back a little bit from what I said before, but with Smith entering the portal, I, I do hope that Shuck comes back. Yeah. Cause he, of the three, I, I think we, we thought losing one was a, was a probably the highest probability outcome to happen. You definitely don't want to lose two. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's not a terrible situation to be in with Shuck to come back and, and, and lead the team next year to have Baron Morton available and ready to go in case he's needed to step in again. Um, whether that's health related or he just overtakes Shuck, that's, that's up to those two guys. And I guess the head coach and, and offensive coordinator. Uh, but you would just hate if it's like just Baron Morton left and then you've got, um, I would, I would think a transfer to come in. And then true freshman Jake Strong, <laughs> like those are just that scenario would be least ideal. So yeah, all right, let's uh, let's jump over to basketball and, and actually get this uh, rolling the right way, Michael. Oh okay, all right, let's, let's do, it. do it. Here comes Stevenson, spins. Over the top before they get a crowd strip by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the line to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready double into three. Oh, Ready. Odiasi. Pro 
Fires it in. Got caught down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the separation. Oh, big shot. Step it up big time. Dagger. Over with the dish. All right. Yeah, I don't think this team's going to the Final Four this year, Michael. Ooh. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, a hot take, right? Um, yeah. You are through nine games now, seven and two on the season. Your home win streak has extended to 27 games. Uh, although not so much tonight, but uh, last week against Nichols, that looked like it was in, uh, in jeopardy there. Uh, so, you know, they had a, I think up to a nine point lead at one point, um, did Nichols before I think Texas tech took the lead in the second half with like a minute 50 to go. And then was able to ice that game. Um, these, I, I, I updated these as the game was going on, but we'll, we'll give a quick st- statistical update on the guys that, that track and measure these things. Um, it's not good, Michael. It's not Rosie. Ken Palm dropped you again from 29th to 34th. These are after games that you win. You were continuing to drop. Uh, Adjusted offense went from 49th to 58th. Uh, And this was going up against the the 274th uh, rating of your opponent's defense. So your opponent's defense got worse. You played worse against them. And your offense also got worse. Mm-hmm. Both those numbers. I mean, double you, negatives. You'd expect one, like you know, if the opposing defense is going down, that you know, your offense would be better than it was. Uh, same thing for the defense. It went from a opposing offense that you faced went from 151st to 214th. Your defense went from 19th to 27th. This is according to Ken Palm, but that's not unique to Ken Palm. These same kind of slides and all three of the models that we're, we're tracking with Ken Palm has the metrics and T rank Haslam. Uh, dropped you from 28th to 47th overall. Offense went from 48th to 89th. Defense went from 23rd to 36th. And then T ranks, and this is the second week we've tracked this. You went from 25th to 33rd overall. Offense 74th to 94th. And defense dropped six spots, 10 to 16. This, this. There's no consistent part of this team outside of Daniel Bacho. Is that the craziest thing we thought we'd say aside from O'Banner lately, but you know, O'Banner has had killer games these last two games in kind of weird spots though. Right. Cause like there've been times when O'Banner kind of looks checked out, but then he's also averaged 23 points in the last two games. And you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, it's, Okay, last you know, last week, just to kind of go into Nichols a little bit, Tyson was out, didn't mm-hmm. get the start. Right. So um Williams got the start, played pretty well. Um, but you know, still only had two points, barely shot, played 17 minutes. But then Lamar Washington came in off the bench and just was everywhere, did everything he needed to do. He was 0 for 1 on shooting, but got 12 points off of only fill, uh, free throws, 12 of 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nichols, bless their heart, 
committed 33 fouls. That's more than double what Tech committed. Tech committed 16. So Tech shot 46 free throws, made 29, and won by seven. So Nichols, if they would have just fouled a little less, I mean, Tech would have lost it. There's so many things that could have gone wrong. Yeah, Texas you, Tech got owned in the paint in the first half. It was like 18 to 10. You know, Latrell Jones was shooting from all over the place on, on Nichols. Uh, Caleb Huffman fouled out with five minutes left. He had 22 points. He was unstoppable. If he hadn't fouled out, Tech would have lost. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you mentioned it had a... Uh... Nichols not fouled so so much like they had two guys foul out uh one of them being their best player in the night um mm-hmm. you know Caleb Huffman with 22 minutes sorry 22 points 9 of 15 from the field uh and he was out with like we said f- five minutes to go yeah so he that, played 35 minutes and I think I don't think he ever came out so I think it was five minutes 513 or something like that yeah five and change the last Nichols field goal came with four and a half minutes left in the game so you you can't tell me like even his his absence uh, just greatly diminished their 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 opportunity there their their chances. Yeah, they started dropping flies after like flies after that. I think two more guys fouled out after he did. I mean, when you when you commit thirty three fouls, you're going to have a couple guys go out. Yeah, they had three um, total. But yeah, it was it was just a brutal game. Um, you know, Isaac's got hot late, which is great. He had that big steal and was fouled and made both his free throws. Um, you know, O'Banner made a huge three, I think from like shallow water Yeah, he did. when the shot clock expired and speaking of shot clock, I mean, there were at least two possessions in the first half where the shot clock did expire on tech or tech got a shot off, but it didn't hit the rim or, or, you know, a couple of possessions like that. Then defensively tech doesn't know what they're doing defensively. They were allowing wide open passes to guys underneath the basket just boggles my mind. Guys aren't rotating. Uh, th- there would just be, they would double team someone at the elbow and then no, the, the two guys down below don't move. And then there's just like a six eleven guy down there that just lays it in. I, I was just flummoxed this whole game. Nichols looked longer and more athletic. I, yeah, uh, just reliving that game put a bad taste in my mouth. I didn't get to watch tonight's that much, which is probably good. But um, I did what it was on. We had a lot of stuff going on in our house. I told you about earlier. So the game was on, but I wasn't able to just sit and watch it. And even the one last night or last week, Wednesday has still not set well with me. Yeah, you, like last week you had four guys in double figures. Uh, Lamar Washington had twelve. Daniel Bacho had fourteen. He was very close to a double double, yep. with nine rebounds. Uh, you mentioned Pop Isaacs. He had twenty four points, six of nine from the field, five of six from three, seven of eight from the free throw line. O'Banner had twenty points. Um, it meant you need all of them. Uh, <laughs> and so you're like, hey, was this was this just kind of feeling the the absence of of, of Tyson? Um, then you come out, you hear, Hey, Hey, Tyson's going to be playing again tonight. Uh, but Bacho's going to be out. So you have kind of a, a, a condensed group that you can pull from. Um, I mean, you played nine guys, but my goodness, uh, two of the four guys off the bench, one played one minute. The other played three. Um, 
when you essentially have like a seven-man ro- rotation in this game. Uh, but Kevin O'Banner had another big game, 25.8 of 15 from the field, only hit one three-pointer, hit all eight of his free throws. Pop Isaacs came da- back down to earth a little bit, 15 points. He had 12 three-point attempts. His team was atrocious from behind the arc tonight. Brutal. But he hit a couple big ones there late in the second half. Uh, then was two of two at the line. Davion Harmon, 19 points, uh, seven of 16 from the field, five of seven from the stripe. Um, Lamar Washington didn't have that same kind of performance. He <laughs> saw last week he had four points on 25 minutes. Um, so, the, well, in the last time, I'm afraid it's kind of the reverse podcast jinx. So, Tuesday night we recorded last week, and I went into Davion Harmon's stats on shooting threes and he was, he's like 20 something percent on the season, but he's a career 35 or 34% shooter. And so I just kept saying, all right, just keep shooting. They'll fall. Yeah. He's over three since then. So sorry, everyone. I was trying to put out the trust into the, into the world, but it, you know, he only, he only took two against Nichols and he only took one tonight. So at least he's not, um, you know, taking a ton of them or something if they're not falling, but as a yeah. team, as a team though, they they shot twenty five threes, only hit four of them. Four, sixteen percent. So obviously the game would feel a whole lot different, right? If you if you connected on, you know, four more, uh, and, and you won this game eighty nine to seventy, right? Yeah. Um But shooting that 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 poorly from three, and then how well Eastern Washington shot from three that that was obviously their game plan, just how they they roll, right? They came out. Then seconds of opening tip off, they hit a three. They had uh, it was at least an eleven to f- four lead, if not like eleven to two, like super early. Um, you you stayed in it, like it didn't it didn't ever feel like as as dire as as Nichols did last week, and, and maybe it's because like you you've experienced this already, right? Um, but it felt like it was a much closer game, uh, much more within reach than, than Nichols did for a large part of that game. But uh, they shot uh, Eastern Washington shot 40% from three tonight. They, they sent up 28 shots. Uh, and what did I say? You, you sent 25. They were yeah. 11 of 28. You were four of 25. Um, you know, they, they shot nearly 50% from the field on the game, 40% from threes and they hit, Nine of twelve free throws. Um, there, there there was some interesting situations in this game, Michael. That like you haven't seen a lot. There was a that flop they called against yeah. whatever his name was. Not, not the not the first. No, no, it was, it was uh, on the on the Eastern Washington guy where we we took uh, technical foul free throws. But oh, like and it was like, like thirty seconds the free later. Throw later. Yeah, and then and then like. You know, just a few seconds later, that, that was when Harmon had his. Um, just, just weird scenarios, and then obviously, like there was, a, there was a time when there were um, Allegri and Isaacs were trading off like NBA plus range threes. Yeah, it's <laughs> like okay, guys, let's, let's calm it down a little bit. Um, neither were like fantastic from three. Uh, Allegri was three of nine. Uh, Steel Venters, number two for the, the Eagles, 26 points on the night. He had 
something like 30 points against North Dakota State last week. 10 of 19 from the field, 5 of 11 from three. 5 of 11 from three. Um, so I just... I, 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 my initial thought, Michael, is that this team is is so young and you're, you're, you're having to kind of juggle who's available each night. Cause last week it was, you were playing without Tyson. Uh, tonight it was, you were without Bacho. Uh, you're not getting the contribution off the bench that you were from guys like Elijah Fisher or Kerwin Walton. I mean, Walton didn't even play tonight or did he? Walton didn't play tonight. Elijah Fisher supposedly had three minutes. I don't remember seeing him. Damarian Williams had one minute. Um, which is really jarring because he started last week, but he also had four toner, four turnovers last week, which I failed to mention. Yeah. So the, the, there was some stuff in like in a, in a group chat that we're, we're, we're a part of, they were talking about how dire the situation is with the men's team chemistry wise, that things are kind of teetering on disaster the past couple of weeks. Like, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I don't know where that's coming from, if that's factual or just we're trying to figure out what, what the heck is going on. Um, but going back to just being so young, like you're playing worse and worse teams and you're getting worse and worse. Yeah. This is not the team you started the season with. Um, I don't know if, if you're just playing down to competition because you're just the youth on the team or if something behind the scenes is going on. Um, but this team is while winning these games going backwards. Yeah. To, to host a team that commits 21 turnovers on your own court and then to just barely squeak by with a win and not really put it away until a weird, you know, lane violation, free throw wave off thing that happened in the last two minutes. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Tech, let's see of the points off turnovers were 23. So tech capitalized on those turnovers pretty well, but that was what changed the game. And it's not, not every instance did tech give that extra effort. Eastern Washington was just bad. They just threw the ball to you sometimes mm-hmm. and you t- took advantage of it, which good for you. But on that same token tech took care of the ball. I, this may be one of the lowest turnover games they've had since the first couple games of the year. They had nine tonight. I don't know if the last time they had a single digit turnover night, it's probably been a while. So to take care of the ball that well, but to shoot that poorly from three and honestly, just to have that type of shot selection when they're not falling is troublesome. And and maybe it has something to do with, well, we don't have our, we don't have Bacho in there. Well, and even when they had Bacho in there, it's not like they got him the ball probably as much as he deserves at this point anyway. Because even when he gets double teamed, he can find a guy that's open. And it, just to find other things to rail on, <laughs> this why are we running a full court press with two guys? This makes no sense to me. I saw it at least once or twice. Inbounds after a made basket. Immediately the, the two guards try to trap the, the guy that the ball goes into. And you think, oh man, we're setting up a full court press. We're jumping out on him. And then you realize our other three guys are already on the other side of the court. So all that one guy has to do, which is kind of hard sometimes, but all he has to do is just throw it back to the guy that threw it in. And then, okay, yeah, they broke our press. Whoops. 
And then you've got two guys hauling butt to get back in position and they're tired and they're about to play, you know, 28 seconds of tough defense. So I I don't understand that. Don't do it. If you're only going to put two guys on one side, what's the point in that odds are we're probably going to foul somebody. So there's just some weird things they're trying and that they're doing that. Yes, maybe because tech doesn't look good right now. I'm being more critical about it than normal, but I, I don't understand that. And so my only hope is once the bigs get back, supposedly Dawes has his cast off, but people say yeah. he's still wearing a boot. Yeah, he was in a boot tonight. Um, you know, maybe this will look a little bit different, but then I think it will just be a different type of chemistry issue because then you've got a, a new guy in the mix who hasn't played yet at all. He hasn't played any minutes at all with, with this group as far as uh, actual game time is concerned. And as good as he is, he's probably, he's not going to be in game condition. I mean, that that would be impossible to expect from somebody who I'm sure he's kept up with cardio as best he can with his, his injury, but it's just a different animal. Anybody who's played sports knows that it's one thing to practice or, you know, do some bleachers or something. It's another thing to get out there and actually perform and play a game. So I'm just, whew. yeah. I was already getting pessimistic about it. I should probably stop because people listening are going, "Good man, jeez, such <laughs> a just, down." I know it's such tonight. a such a downer. <laughs> so sorry, um, but yeah, I'm not liking what I'm seeing, and Bacho be, not being out there it really affected this team quite a bit. And I knew it would because the only way they were able to play competent defense last, not the only way, but one of the ways they were able to play competent defense last season was just everyone's length. Everyone was so long. And now you just don't have that. Yeah. I mean, at, at points tonight, you were playing O'Banner at the five, like it was him and yeah. four guards. Um, He got 25 points. I mean, Allen. Perfect from the line. Yeah, I mean, O'Banner, you, you can't ask more from him when he's got a double-double on the night that, that he needed to step up because Bacho's out, and he did. Uh, it's just you can't count on that happening in Big 12 play. With And, I mean, not saying he can't do that, but just someone scoring 25 points. You know, you've got two guys with, 40-something points. You can't count on that in Big 12 play. You can't go into halftime having scored 29. Yeah. I mean, Get out of here. <laughs> one of the other things, I mean, three of your four starters had 36 minutes on the night. A fourth starter had 33. Like, you're going you're gonna to run these guys ragged. And without the guys behind them, because you're not getting great production off the bench, or at least not consistent. We talked about that, you know, it just kind of rotates who's that who that guy is. It doesn't seem like you've found a guy that you really trust, at least, you know, when you're down a player and you, you have to pull that guy up in the starting rotation. There's nobody left. It feels like. I would say, yeah, I would say Washington's kind of that guy or he's emerging. Uh, you know, last week Adams started Williams, didn't play him very much. And Washington basically became the, um, you know, the fifth guy in the rotation tonight started Jennings. He played all of 12 minutes, shot yeah, once, strange. 
and it was an and one. So he made it, but you know, then Washington got 25 minutes again tonight. So maybe there's a theory there that Washington is better off the bench or he prefers that. Uh, but I just find it interesting that in these games where you give Washington 25, almost 30 minutes, why don't you let him start? Just yeah. go ahead and just, just start there. But maybe that's the point. Maybe he wants to know that he's got one guy coming off the bench. who's going to, he can rely on a little bit. I, I know everybody's still figuring everything out and it doesn't help when there's, you know, injuries to two starters and back to back weeks, but, um, geez, you go against a team that commits 21 turnovers and you barely get out of your own gym. Yeah. And I, before we go on, there's just one more thing. Like when you're, when you're down players, like you would, you'd expect to see more guys participating that maybe wouldn't, right? Like you would expect to see more guys coming off the bench in more minutes and you just didn't get it tonight. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest anything that's not there. I'm not trying to say something's going on, but like there are guys on the team, or at least there were guys on the, on the, on the team at the beginning of the season that, their minutes have dwindled. Their role has diminished. You would you would expect with the opportunities the past few weeks, the, the past couple of games at least, uh, they would have had the chance to to log a lot of minutes, and they haven't. Mm-hmm. So that makes me concerned, not only for for their future with the program or, or the team, but kind of like, I mean, it's, I mean, it, I I know it's early. I know we're talking about nine games in. But like, or nine games into this season, but like, I'm I'm having concerns about the direction of the program right now. Yeah. So, um, upcoming schedule. Well, okay. Well, one more thing on that, Michael, because it feels like we, we we talked about or we we saw how Adams was trying to address offense. He brought in Steve Green, um, but it's been your defense. Like at least when you look on these are projections, right? And this is not a, a perfect scenario, but you know, with the game spreads or with the the advanced metrics that are you're giving out game projections, these teams are scoring 15, 16 more points than they should be. Um, and, and these games are a lot closer than they should be. So that goes back to potentially something going on with, with Adams. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to like yeah. point fingers and say like, there's something going on with Adams, but even though I just said that, <laughs> not, not what I meant. Um, but in, and who knows? This might be one of those in February. Oh, sure. Yeah. We'd be like, <laughs> you remember how bad we were in December? Yeah. Huh, that man. was funny. Dawes, Dawes came back. Bacho's Bacho. I keep going to saying that Bacho's healthy. Yeah. We're rolling, man. This is great. I can't believe we were worried about this, like, but yeah, I'm pretty damn worried right now. <laughs> Like, m- remember how thin the rotation was and how bad we looked? Yeah. Anyways, I'm I just, if this is what we're going to be getting, ooh. Yeah. It, if I we're just trying to hold out until everybody's back, okay, well, at least we're winning. <laughs> One thing I liked about Adams was he, not dramatically, but, you know, Beard was pretty consistent on, he played eight guys, maybe, sometimes seven. Probably most of the time seven. He he did not go deep down to the bench very much. But I I did enjoy that about Adams last year. 
he would pull guys off the bench here and there and try some different things, get some guys, some minutes. Um, and, and I've enjoyed him tweaking that a little bit this year, but I, I think there's some things that at least to us seem obvious. I think Washington should be starting when there's, when, you know, when the normal five isn't there, he should be the first guy off the bench. And I'm just not sure why Kerwin's not back into the mix much. He, he really kind of flashed at the beginning. It, it's just an interesting way to do things. So like you said, probably some things going on behind the scenes. We don't know about who knows could be some legit disciplinary issues. Could be just some coach making questionable decisions issues. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. So as much as we're talking about how the schedule had turned down, uh, it's really going to drop off the next few games. You played number two ten Eastern Washington tonight. The game on Saturdays versus three twenty four Jackson state 4 PM. Houston Delmar Fieldhouse. It looks like the game will be on HBCUGo.tv. That's Mike, right. Okay. Are you a subscriber uh, to the historical black colleges and universities? I'm not, TV but I have, some, I have some good news. Well, one, I think they were just wrong, but the, during the game tonight, they flashed text next several games. And next to that game, there was an ESPN logo, but then there was not a logo next to the Houston Christian game, which actually is on ESPN plus. So I don't think that that graphic was right, which, Hey, you know, first time that's probably ever happened. Cause but, they were also talking about the game. Next game would be tomorrow night against oral Roberts. Like that's gotta be the women's team, the women's game. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So Jackson state, for those of you with the Roku, I just happen to be browsing around it lately. And they, um, there is an HB, there's the HBCU channel on Roku. So if you have like the live TV option, you can stream all these channels. And Stadium was is on there. And Stadium actually had some football games this year too. They had like the UTEP, one of the UTEP games early on. I randomly watched part of that. I think UTEP versus UNT, something like that. Or UTSA. It was one of those. So if you have a Roku or maybe even access to free TV, which is through... Amazon, I think some of those free streaming channels could possibly offer HBCU TV, but HBCUGo.tv, I don't know. That seems like a different thing. Maybe we can stream it just through a browser or something, but I think there will be a way to watch it. It just might might take a little bit of research to get to it. Also, at least according to the, as of right now, the text tech men's basketball schedule website. The game is slated for 2.45 p.m. I said 4 p.m. earlier. Oh, man. On the schedule okay. website, it says 2.45. HBCUgo.tv. And yep. then Wednesday the 21st, 1 p.m. Back home versus Houston Christian on ESPN+. Plus. And then the following Tuesday the 27th versus South Carolina State. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. ESPN Plus. And then after that, you are in Big 12 play. You're, you will get a, uh, a Big 12 SEC challenge where you'll play LSU in Baton Rouge January 28th. But you have just these four non-conference games left, three of them here before the new year. Hey, you mentioned the Lady Raiders briefly. And let's see, 
they do play. Hang on. Yes, they do play Oral Roberts. There's a there was an Oral Roberts flag. They're the Golden Eagles, by the way, because there was a Oral Roberts flag in my neighborhood. Mm. So, you know, big Golden Eagles fan just lives a block away from me. So the Lady Raiders play them tomorrow. And I'm going to give a plug, Spencer. No free ads. I hope I hope you don't mind this, but there's a new podcast in town, guys. Oh, yeah. And if if you want to check out a podcast hosted by two... Um, oh, why did I blank? Okay. They're hosted by two Texas Tech alumni, obviously. Both women. So they will obviously have a different perspective on sports than we would. And a different thought on just, you know, men's sports, women's sports, all of it. They're fans of all of it. They're going to bring something different to the game is how they quoted it. So check them out. Seeing Scarlet, new podcast. I don't know if they've dropped their first full episode yet, but they're going to, and they're going to focus. I think they're going to, you know, I mean, they love tech sports, all of it, but I think they are going to focus more on women's sports than than we do and most of us do. I know there's some podcasts out there that do focus on it. We kind of touch on it when we've been to the games or when we've watched them. Um, But my view is I don't really want to talk too much about sports that I haven't watched. And there's only so much time I can dedicate to this. So, you know, that's one of the reasons we're not giving a lot of updates on tennis or golf or, um, you know, even women's basketball when we haven't, been able to go to the games that much or, or soccer. So definitely check them out. Seeing Scarlet, no free ads. Although this is a very free ad, which we're, we're happy to send some folks your way. So good luck ladies. We'll be listening. Yeah. So the, the women's basketball team, uh, they are eight and one on the season, seven straight wins. Spencer, they're pretty good going back to, Jackson State. They lost to Jackson State um, in November, preseason WNIT, 63-69. So they, they won their first game, then lost to Jackson State, and then have rattled off seven straight, including an overtime one-point victory over Colorado. And then uh, at Louisiana, Middle Tennessee, Mercer, Alabama State, Incarnate Word, Sam Houston, and then tomorrow night hosting Oral Bob. Yeah, I mean, that Jackson State team, I do think I got to watch some of that. Those girls were really good. Um, I need to see how they're doing because they, super athletic team, they were very tall, uh, just really smart with the basketball. A, a joy to watch, honestly. It was kind of one of those one of those teams you're like, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, hats off to them. You, you kind of, <laughs> you're not like even mad about it. Yeah. Um, they were they were really something to see and and you know Tech's got some great players and they had some injuries of their own got some girls coming back and um, there's a couple of freshmen in the starting lineup now been in the last three or four games I think so you know a, a lot of promise there so they're they're a lot of fun to watch yeah, a lot well, of high low good high low passes I mean man <laughs> those girls. They're just so fast to be at the top of the key. And then the next thing you know, boom, they've got a wide open post down below and she just puts it in an easy bucket, man. They're, they're smart. They catch those defenses off guards. 
Sorry. No, there you're Ch- good. Check out C and Scarlet. They're going to be a lot better at that than I am. Yeah, and they, they're going to be on, on all kinds of platforms too. They're not only on podcasts, they're going to have video content on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, we may, we being Michael and I, 23 personnel may venture into streaming these as it happens. I don't know who would be interested in seeing us do it. It's a possibility. Yeah. But you could see our lovely faces. And then you'll understand why we haven't done video before. Hey, 320 episodes in, like, yeah, I get it now. We look great. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap up with what we learned, Mike. What do you say? Yeah. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, I'm going to start first. I'm going to bring us back to some of our roots, Michael. I, um, I went to a restaurant tonight. One I haven't been to in many, many years uh, because I saw a menu item ordered and reviewed on TikTok just randomly as I was scrolling one night. Go on. And I said, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> so I got it. And I was like, I can confirm it's really good. So I went to Five Guys and I didn't yes. get a burger. I, I, I did get a burger. But what I ordered on their menu was under their sandwiches menu. And I got a grilled cheese. It seems anticlimactic. But what I did is you can add basically anything to any of their sandwiches, including a hamburger patty. Okay. <laughs> so I so kind of like did a, like a patty melt kind of thing. It was a grilled cheese with a hamburger patty. Uh, I put some hamburger fixings in it, like bacon, grilled jalapenos. Oh. I did. I did all three mustard mayo ketchup. Can confirm it is a it, that sandwich will eat, man. That's what, pretty dynamite. What's fantastic though, I, I love it that they're they're committed to this. The the bread for the grilled cheese sandwich is just their normal buns flipped inside out. So you get their oh. you get their their hamburger bun, and what would normally be the inside is now the outside because that's what they butter and then toast and toast. Yeah, but the inside is the former outside of the bun. So you get like this sesame seed side of the bun on the inside. That's interesting. I, did, I forgot they had sesame seed buns. But what you get, though, is, is you get the outside that's toasted and a little crispy. So I got that sandwich. And their fries were good. I got the Cajun fries. Man, the the Five Guys experience is pretty good because I like just sitting there eating like handfuls of peanuts for free while I'm waiting for my order. And I didn't you see get, any peanuts in this you, restaurant, though. Seriously? That's strange. Usually and, they have, like, huge vats of peanuts. And maybe I just wasn't looking closely because I was just, I, I basically at the at their little bar or whatever, whatever you want to call it, waiting as they were preparing my order. So I wasn't, like, looking around. Oh, were you at the one by H-E-B? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I walked I in pick, and picked I up picture where you were. We've eaten at Egg and I recently, just right over there, by the way. Wait, isn't that a Jimmy? Oh, yes. Jimmy I keep saying egg. that. It's Jimmy's egg. Jimmy's egg. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty tasty. They got some good breakfast options. But yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I like, I like Five Guys Burgers quite a bit. But they're, my only knock on them, if, if it is such a thing, is you got to eat them right then. Because otherwise that bun just becomes like super soggy by the time well, so, you even get out of the parking lot. So that, that, was, a, that was a plus of this, right? Because like it wasn't soggy. No, granted, you, uh, you, there wasn't like the expectation of having a dry bun if you're going to 
butter it and fry it essentially. <laughs> but it, it was, there was still some crisp to it. Um, and you weren't, I, I wasn't looking for that bread texture that you would with a, a hamburger, right? Like that's not just part of it. Anyways, it was good. So if you're interested, grilled cheese, then you add a hamburger patty. I am interested. And then obviously um, you can do whatever other fixing you want. I went bacon, jalapenos, mustard, mayonnaise, ketchup. Now those are legit jalapenos. Those are the fresh ones, right? They were, yeah, they were not the pickled jalapenos. So they were a little bit hotter than I was expecting. I made that mistake once because uh, someone put, I put in an order for work and that was just when I had kind of, this was several years ago, but I was such a, a ninny when it came to hot food. And I still really am compared to probably like a lot of people. But for me, it was a big deal to start getting jalapenos on stuff at the time. And I knew that you could get whatever you wanted on a five guys burger. And so Mm -hmm. I I sent in the work order and someone went and got them and brought them back. And yeah, unbeknownst to me, it was actual grilled fresh jalapenos. And that was very, very rude awakening to this, this, uh, this palate kind of, kind of put me down from hot stuff for a little while because I, I just felt a little bit uh, unworthy after that experience. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, back to our food roots. Still, we're sticking with them. I remembered seeing this before and I never addressed it, but uh, last month, Mike Leach had been asked the question, you know, what's his ideal Thanksgiving plate? And he responded. And of course, if, if I could figure out how to play the video, I would. But I'll read the quote, and I'm not going to do a leech impression because it would be terrible. Uh, also very tasteless at this point. But anyway, uh, I, I really enjoy what he said. So here we go. I always make the gravy, and I do make great gravy. I'm not a big cook guy. Haven't been, but I've made the gravy for decades, Leach said. I always get white meat, a little stuffing, not too much, lots of mashed potatoes, gravy over everything. Hopefully they have greens. They generally don't corn or green beans, never sweet potatoes. And I like cream pies better than any of this pumpkin apple stuff. End quote. I'd eat that Thanksgiving plate. That's pretty good. I'm not a sweet potato guy either. Not, not that type. Like I will, I like roasted sweet potatoes. I like sweet potato fries, but what he was talking about, I know what he means. Like the sweet potatoes with covered in mush mushrooms. (laughs) covered in marshmallows or something like that. That's just never been my thing. Yeah. Like the candied ones. So I always liked Leach. Um, I liked his food takes whenever they'd ask him something. He talked about how much he hated candy corn last year and pineapple and pizza, some other stuff. So always, always appreciated a, a good food take. And he was probably one of the most willing coaches to, to provide that sort of, of info so yeah just another thing to miss about the guy all right well with that we will wrap up this episode of the 23 personnel podcast concerned about the basketball team i would say hopefully the thing's going to turn around with the upcoming schedule of jackson state houston christian south carolina state Uh, we'll see how it goes for michael i'm spencer we'll catch you guys next time 
Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.